Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. This is TV Gold, a weekly podcast from Media Week where Andrew Mercado and myself, James Manning, talk about TV shows. Andrew, welcome. We're going to start, though, today with a movie. Yeah, so this released a couple of weeks ago. We didn't have time to do it, so I'm sorry it's taken us so long to get to it, but it's a new original movie for Prime Video made by Amazon Studios, and it's called Red, White and Royal Blue. I loved it, James. It only went for one hour and 22 minutes. That should be the time that movies run for. Leave you wanting more. And this is a gay rom-com where the son of the American president, as played by Taylor Zacher Perez, falls in love with a prince from the royal family, the spare heir to the throne, as played by Nicholas Galatine. And, of course, it's cheesy and, you know, it's a rom-com, so, you know, it, it is what it is. But a, a couple of things really stood out for me. One was the casting of Uma Thurman as the American president. And honestly, James, I would vote for this woman. <laughs> I loved it so much, seeing Uma Thurman in a te- Texas drawl playing the American president. But I also had to look at it because, you know, James, I, as an old man, I'm not the target <laughs> audience for a rom-com. And I don't really like rom-coms. It, it's it's not a genre I race to watch. But I couldn't help thinking when it was over how amazing it would be if I was a young teenager seeing this positive representation of gay people and also the way that Uma Thurman as the president and the mother responds to her son when he tells her that he's bisexual and she says are you sure you're not pan and she just has a really mature conversation with him about it and it was so so well done and it's so great that young kids get role models like this so ultimately um i did give red white and royal blue a big thumbs up uh for just being a really lovely feel-good movie yeah, look, I I can't uh, endorse many of those <laughs> views. I don't think um, I I didn't really enjoy it all that much. I've got to challenge you on the running time too. I've I've got it down at two hours, which um, well, I'm pretty sure when it started on Amazon Prime, it said one hour twenty two minutes, and I remember thinking, oh, that's so great. I remember I stopped it at 90 minutes and I thought, oh, did you? Do I want to go on? <laughs> because oh. I nearly had enough. I'm, I'm glad I did because I wouldn't have got to see Stephen Fry as the king. Yes. Great which, cameo at the end. Which was good, but it was very close to the end and you, you don't see a lot of him. And I found that a little bit confusing, that scene. Um, I must say he was sort of, he was endorsing what they were doing, but at the same time he was, he was reticent. He had a few issues. So I wasn't, he certainly wasn't as welcoming as Uma Thurman was to the revelation yeah. about, yeah. about her son. Look, it's um, a rom-com. So of course, a character like that, you know, who's presented as a stickler for royal tradition and isn't going to stand for that. Of course, within the space of five seconds, he <laughs> changes his mind and goes, all right, grandson, you can be with the man you love. Yes, of course, it's ridiculous beyond belief, but it's a rom-com, James. I mean, these are the kind of rules you break in, in a rom-com because you've got to get to that happy ending. Yeah, I mean, look, it was okay, but it was really, it's very light. It's um, lots of sort of slapstick, 
Yeah, um, I agree. The stuff with the cake right at the start was quite funny. I yeah. There's, there's a scene where there's, you know, some um, drama with a, is it a wedding cake, a birthday cake? A giant wedding cake. And, I mean, you yeah. could see that gag coming a mile off, right? <laughs> as soon as I saw that giant cake, I'm like, well, I'm, I think that's there for a reason. Yeah, I, I guess the, the one thing I did laugh at the hardest in there, I guess, was that that scene where Alex's assist, the president's son's assistant, sort of busts the two male lovers in the hotel room. Yeah. Like one of them's hiding and she's going, right, I'm going to, f-, and she assumes it's a woman. Yeah. And um, that's, that's actually quite funny. Um, but, yeah. You know, and I love that moment where she then tore strips off the prince and really, and then at the end she did this, oh, and I did a little curtsy, your majesty, as she walked out the door having first torn strips off him. That was funny. Yeah, would she call him Little Lord Fuckleroy or something? Yes. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's not a great film. I, I like it's it's nothing fantastic. It's a, it's a mild diversion. But I put my mind into the eyes of the target audience, someone that was much younger, seeing that that would be a real revelation to see something like that. You know, if you're a young kid. You know, because most rom-coms for years and years have always been about heterosexual relationships, and now we're seeing this new genre with the gay rom-com coming in, whether it's Bros or this movie. And you know, I, th- I think it's a it's a great way to redo those very predictable stories uh, with with different characters in them. Yeah. So that's um, Red, White, and Royal Blue on Prime Video. Look, I think the the biggest success, the the one thing that really makes that stand out is having a a marquee name like Uma Thurman to to sort of really hook a lot of viewers. And look, still to come today, we're going to talk about The Winter King on Stan and Without Sin on Seven. Now, let's go into The Winter King. I mentioned marquee names. That's probably the one thing that's missing a little bit from The Winter King. There's no real standout stars no. which, would have, which would have helped the marketing, and and this one's just sort of bobbed up without a lot of pre-hype or pre-publicity, I think. Yeah, I must admit I went looking through the cast list going, what, is there not like one well-known actor in this show to, yeah, they have, and I suppose that's good in a way, James, they're actually looking to kind of open these shows up and not cast the same old people over and over again. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this is basically the King Arthur story, hey, James, and we've seen that so many times. I mean, through my lifetime I've had Camelot, the musical, I've had Excalibur, which for the 80s was kind of positioned as a very violent version of the story. There was the Walt Disney cartoon, The Sword in the Stone. And I'm, I'm something's telling me that there was a serious movie version of it. Was Clive Owen in another King Arthur movie maybe 10, 15 years ago? It feels familiar to me. Um, but, yeah, it's like every generation gets this version of the King Arthur story. And this one, to me, it just felt really like they were trying to do a new Game of Thrones. It had that whole we're just taking the Game of Thrones template, I suppose, and trying to put the King Arthur story into this. And in the first episode, I thought the first half 
where they came back to that awful king was really, really stressful and, and very, very moody. But then when Arthur got banished to that village and it, it almost turned into a different show, almost like he was living in this hippie commune and I was kind <laughs> of going, what's going on now? I didn't really like it all that much, James. I don't think I'd come back for more. Yeah, I kept my expectations low because like you, I thought, oh, this could be a cheap version of um, Game of Thrones. But but after I did that, I think I was pleasantly surprised for most of it. It was better than I thought. I thought it could have been a bit, uh, you know, I mightn't have even lasted the whole episode. But it, by, by the end of it, I was I was quite taken. I didn't mind it. I mean, it starts off in the fifth century. It talks about there's been decades of warring tribes leaving the country divided, uh, pagans versus the Christians. And then the biggest threat of all, the Saxons turn up. So... You know, there's a bit of a sort of historical background there yeah. to it all. Um, and Arthur is the bastard son of um, it was a King Uther, I think they call him. And that's yeah. really the only actor I recognise, to be honest, played by Eddie Marson. Who's yeah, a- he's the only one I recognise too because he played a kind of really scary, nasty, nasty guy in the power um, with that right. Prime Video series we were watching a few months ago. And, yeah, he, he was the one face I recognised. Yes, yeah, yeah. But um, the lead, Arthur is someone called Ian de Castel. I can't even pronounce it. Um, Ian, I can't, Ian de Castellecker, I think it is. Excuse Ian me. De Stecker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he was in control room, um, which we did. I think we might have done it last year about ambulance, um, workers in an ambulance control room. Um, he was in Roadkill, that Hugh Laurie drama where Hugh Laurie played the, um, British prime minister, I think. Um, oh, yeah, that's vaguely in the back of my mind there. Yeah, yeah, but um, but nothing nothing really significant uh, on his CV there. Yeah, and you're talking the two halves of that first episode are quite different. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah is, it a, is it a must-watch for me? No, but I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. Yeah, I thought it was interesting too, the depiction of Merlin in this one as played by Nathaniel Martello White. I mean, if if anything, the most successful version of this story recently was the TV series Merlin, which is very different to this, but I know that a lot of people, uh, that show still has a big, big fan base and people really loved that show. It used to screen here on Channel 10 um, and a lot of people really, really loved looking at that story through Merlin's eyes. So he's an important character in this story, but yeah, this one is just, there's just really nothing in this that will make me go back to it. Sure, sure. Okay, so that's The Winter King on stand. There's going to be 10 episodes, and I think they're dropping weekly. So if you want to um, if you want to binge all of those, you're going to have to wait a little while till there's a bank of them. Our third series today is Winter, uh, no, is uh, Without Sin. It's yeah. a uh, British, British crime drama coming up 
on seven. So it's good to see uh, free to wear, at least still in the space of um, commercial free to wear anyway, of sh- showing some good sort of international drama, if you like. Um, most notably, this one, I guess, for um, another outing for Vicky McClure. She can't get away from the crime diamonds, but she doesn't play a, a, a police officer in this one, does she, Andrew? Yeah, well, Vicky McClure, now famous for her role in Line of Duty. But, you know, I've been a fan of hers ever since I saw a, a tiny little film called This Is England about a group of skinheads who take this little boy under their wing. And out of nowhere, they started making these TV miniseries sequels. They did This Is England 86, This Is England 88, and This Is England 90. Now, they were on stand for a while. I'm not sure if they're still there, but I highly, highly, highly recommend the movie and those three miniseries. Just fantastic. And Vicky McClure played a character called Lol that you really fell in love with. Um, but in the miniseries, the first one, 86, her father returns to the family home as played by Johnny Harris. And this father, it's it's made clear, has abused Lol in the past and has set his eyes on a new conquest and the tension is absolutely unbearable and lol decides to stop him and it you know has major implications for the rest of the series it's really really hardcore tough stuff and these two actors vicky mcclure who played lol and johnny harris who played her abusive father they're great mates in real life and they created this project for themselves they're both executive producers of without sin and it's a four-part series and you know seven have aired the first two episodes back to back on wednesday night at that awful time slot of 9 15 p.m and i think they're going to play three and four together so it means that at least if you go to seven plus uh next week you'll have four episodes to binge all in one hit i watched all four of them in a row james and and i thought it was a great another really well written um uh taught british thriller yeah yeah no i'm with you i watched all four episodes um it's really it's really good viewing and you just want to power through it um seeing what happens look it's it's a little bit bleak at times yeah um, it's not terribly cheery. I didn't find it overly, I don't know, depressing or, you know, it was, um, there were, there were things that, that kept me going and there was sort of, you know, um, the, the, the casting was great. You, you mentioned, uh, Vicky McClure, Johnny Harris. I think Perry Fitzpatrick is probably part of their gang too, because he's, um, he plays Stella's ex-husband Paul in this. Yeah. Uh, he was also in, he's been in line of duty. He was in I Am, which was a one-off, um, drama that Vicky McClure was in. Um, and he, he was, uh, Perry was also in Sherwood, uh, something we both liked probably nearly two years ago now. Um, yeah. And it's funny when I first saw him, I thought it was Linus Roach. Uh, but then I realized, no, no, you're far too young to be, uh, <laughs> 
Linus Roach. And yeah, but yeah, I just thought it was really great. And you know what, James? I, I think I'm going to have to move Vicky McClure into that category of fantastic British actresses that if they make a show, we have to watch it. I mean, I think she's right up there with our other favourites like Saran Jones and Sarah Lancashire and Maxine Peake. You know, she she brings such intensity to the role and, you know, she's playing a grieving mother in this one and so you really understand her motivation, why she wants to get to the bottom of how her daughter was killed and she makes this decision to go visit um charles stone in prison and he's the man that's been accused of killing her daughter as played by johnny harris and she goes to see him and he uh he says to her i didn't kill her at all and it, it sends her off on this quest to see if she can get to the bottom of what really happened and you're never quite sure whether or not Charles Stone is a good guy or whether or not he's leading her along and you spend the whole thing kind of going, oh, God, I, I hope you're not going to all this trouble and you're just part of some evil scheme from this guy to get out of jail. It, it's, it's really, really well done. It's interesting you say that because I did wonder at times as Charles sort of setting her up a little bit, I just wondered. So did I. If all, he was all working through, I was thinking that that he was he turned out to be a bastard because he he does have a terrible temper, and you do see a couple of times where he loses it, and you just think, oh, this oh, is yeah. not sky. Yeah, there there were my thought, minor plot inconsistencies at, at times, but um, not not enough to be deal breakers. That's for sure. I thought um, I someone else um, was it. Con O'Neill was also in this, who played Roman. He was um, he was Neil Ackroyd in Happy Valley. He was um, yes, yes. Sarah Lancashire's, I think, brother-in-law. That's right, and he was a bit of a dill. Whereas in this, yeah. he plays a really nasty, scary, evil man. I was, I kind of, yeah. I, I meant, I meant to write that down and say, James, one of our favourite <laughs> Happy Valleys is in this. Yeah, and then he, and then Happy Valley is very significant in that second season. Well, was it the third season? Whatever the last season is. Yeah, anyway. yeah, he comes to the fore of that. Yeah, and I, and I See, thought course, watching. We just saw. Um, just going back to Conor Neal for a minute. We just we just saw him, of course, opposite Helena Bonham Carter in Nolly. He's the TV producer that that sacks her. So he's having a a real great uh, moment in his career at the moment. He's appearing in a lot of things. And I'm watching this. I do think there's a few parallels with Happy Valley. I thought, yeah. When, when you look at this, I mean, okay, Vicky McClure was like a cab driver or an Uber driver, and uh, and um, Sarah Lancashire's Catherine is actually a police officer. But they yeah. were they both lost children. You know, yeah. they were they were both sort of wanting to sort of I don't know is is it revenge or just find out a bit more detail about why you know what why their children went and 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 bringing the people to justice I I guess that that were um involved in that even though both have very different relationships with the the people connected with their respective daughters deaths I guess yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots of twists and turns as it goes down there and you get closer and closer to finding out what really happened. And it's great because it leaves you guessing right till the end. I don't think anyone will guess 
where this show's going. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought that part of it, the plotting of it, and just four episodes, it worked really well as four episodes. And four episodes, when something's four episodes, we've talked about this before, it's so easy to watch, isn't it? You just yeah. think, oh, yeah, I, I, even if you're a bit, on the fence about it, you think, well, it's just four hours. I could probably do this as opposed to six hours or 10 hours and get to the end and go, why did I do that? Yeah, no, I'm loving four episodes. And and the way seven are programming it, okay, I, I get it that you can't have it, you know, too early because of it's for them it's almost niche programming, I guess. Yeah. Um, but they've got the, the streaming platform. They've got seven plus. So if it, if it all goes there, well, then – uh, people can easily consume it. So that's uh, Without Sin 7 and 7 Plus. And, James, do you reckon yes. with the way it ends, do you reckon it opens it up for a possible sequel if they could come up with a a different scenario? I thought that there was something really interesting happening at the end. I was like, oh, I think I want to see a second series of this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, cab driver, you know, it's... Um... <laughs> It's, it's not like a police officer where there'll be a new case tomorrow. It's um Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, the cab cabbie could be involved in a crime or something or Yeah, the cabbie ends up in an accidental crime and she has to go back to her criminal the criminal yeah. uh, to get some help. Yeah, I just thought there was some potential for some more stuff to go on there. Yeah, well there are family connections that could continue yeah. into a second season. Yeah. Um which we won't talk about because it might give away too much. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no plot spoilers. Yeah, 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 no, very interesting. Um, look, that's that's the sort of three shows we had up for review this week. We've got a few things to talk about after this, but first, what, what's your program of the week out of these three? Oh, out of those three, um, so we did Red, White and Blue, The Winter, Winter King. King. I had, well, my show of the week is Without Sin, hands yeah. down. Yeah, we're both on board there. I've definitely got to go with that um without sin. Um Vicky McClure. Um just a, yeah, a great, a great standout role and really makes that show um worthy of the um of your valuable hours to watch it. Look, a couple of things before we leave you this week. I wanted to mention our special episode we've got on the Lost Flowers of um Alice Hart, The Lost Flowers of Alice yeah. Hart, the prime video series that launched a couple of weeks ago. We did a one-off podcast where we spoke to um Jody Madison from um from the Made Up Stories production house involved and also Sarah Christie from uh, Amazon Studios, which um, makes a lot of the shows that um, Prime Video end up running or commissions them anyway. And look, they've just revealed how well this show has been doing internationally, and it was yeah. it's been top five in seventy eight different countries. That's top, incredible. Top three in thirty two of them. I think it went out in something like 200 territories. So it's been uh, amazing. And, and I mentioned this to you the other day, but I'm sort of think you could probably claim if this isn't already very soon, this could possibly be the most watched Australian made drama series ever. Yeah, it's interesting because we don't get actual breakdowns of viewing figures. And like, for example, we know that Heartbreak High on Netflix was hugely successful all around the world. Uh, but in terms of 
launching with a bang. I mean, this is how different the TV market is. I mean, once upon a time, we launched a show here in Australia and then it might go to the UK and then it would start traveling around. But for all of the world to be watching The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart, a global audience, because now you can make debut a TV show globally. Yeah, I, I I can't think of another Australian drama that would have had this big an impact and footprint uh, from the first episode. Yeah, it's something quite incredible. Yes. Yeah. So congratulations. that, And don't forget to check out that special podcast, which gives you some great insights into the series. I think um, both our eyes were open when we found out how they constructed some of the things and why yeah. they made certain decisions about sort of structure, pacing, um, revealing the plot and things like that that um, really makes it a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Something I just wanted to mention before we go to is the um, there's a series called Better I've been reading about coming in September on uh, BBC First, so it'll be available on uh, Foxtel for Foxtel subscribers and probably most binge subscribers. But I just punched, I just searched it yesterday on Foxtel, and there's the first episodes there already, nearly oh. a month of, ahead of when it's going to be launched. So I thought that was oh. pretty interesting. Without any publicity, they yeah. just popped it up. It tells it's the story of a corrupt police detect detective who has a sort of a moral awakening, and he decides to put right 20 years of uh, wrongdoings he's had in the force. Yeah. Uh, starring Andrew Buchan, who I really enjoy. I love his work. He played, he was in this England. He played the, um, the health, the health uh, secretary, Matt Hancock. He was also in industry. He was in the crown, uh, yeah. broad church, of course, and also honorable woman. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. And we'll talk about that in the weeks ahead. Well, I've got two things I want to mention. The first is that Mother and Son is about to roll out on the ABC and iView, and we're very, very keen for people to send us a message here at TV Gold, and we'll read out your thoughts. We want to know what you think of the new Mother and Son. So what's our email address, James? It's comments at tvgold.au. Yes, we really want to hear that. And the other thing I want to mention is um, the trailer has just dropped today for a new Australian series on Stan, and this has blown my mind. So this is a series uh, called Court. It's got the most incredible cast. It's Sean Penn, Susan Sarandon, Brian Brown, Matthew Fox, and then we get into the Australian actors in there like Lincoln Eunice and Alexander England and Kit Gurry, who has written and produced and I think directed this. Wow, Kit Gurry, like, wow, who knew that he was hiding this under his hat? But there's two trailers that have been released on YouTube. Um, one of them is called The Explicit Red Band Trailer, and it is outrageous outrageous and very, very funny. So based on this trailer, I'm predicting that Court, an original Stan series, might be one of the great Aussie, new Aussie shows of the year. And when you, if you're looking for Court, you mightn't see it, but there's asterisks all the way through that yeah. headline, isn't there? That's a very distinctive yeah. way of uh, presenting the title. Yeah, spell Court, C, uh, uh, asterisk, A, and then go through with all the asterisks between every letter. 
Yeah. Okay. So we will be looking that in the weeks ahead too. Okay. Look, thanks for listening to the TV Gold podcast. Don't forget to subscribe if you can or hit the follow button. You'll get automatic updates. Uh, we've got some interesting special episodes up there and we've got a good one coming, which should be up by the end of, uh, or in the next few days after we record this to do with the John Farnham doco. Um, so look out for that one. Yeah, that was super interesting talking to David Wilson. We've, we've had some really great little side hustles with our Extra Media Week podcast. They've all been so interesting. Yeah. Okay, so um, many thanks. We'll have some more details about those extra episodes next week too. Andrew, um, great talking to you again. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, James. Have a great week.